Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good morning. Uh, this is Trey. Stephanie's not here, but we're really excited about um, about our guest who we have in. So before I introduce him, what I'll do is um, is I'll start with our prayer, which Stephanie usually reads. I, I love to hear her read it, but uh, I will pray it here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weakness and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this through Christ our Lord, who is the way, the truth, and the life forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. John Paul II, please pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have uh, Dennis is producing the show, which is which is a nice, uh, we, we miss Thaddeus, but we're glad to have Dennis here. And very excited to have Arlen Nichols uh, an old Aggie. I don't even remember. He's have to. He's gonna have to tell me how long ago it was because it seems like it was yesterday, but I know it wasn't. Uh, considering how many kids you have now, <laughs> I know it's been at least a few years. Uh, and anyway, um, Arland is here, and we're going to talk about all the work, great work he's doing. That's helping um, parents and married people um, live their Catholic faith. So, Arland, um, welcome aboard. Glad glad you're here to be with us. It's nice to see you again. It's great to see you too, Trey. Thank you so much for having me be part of the show today. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know, the older I get, the more I realize that uh, I'm getting old. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking around and these people are, they're not only out doing amazing things, they're, uh, they're having a, a, truly an impact on, on um, the things that I'm, that are close to me, not only because I'm a dad and a, well, a husband and a dad, but but because I know in this world we really need um, to be formed well, and and that's what you're that's what you're you're doing. So, remind me, when did you graduate from A and M? I'm class of 2003. I, oh I, wow! I, I realized okay. yesterday that that was 15 years ago. Holy moly! <laughs> wow! Uh, it's like you. It seems like you know. Just the other day, I was here with Father Mike Sis and Father David Condrilla and Father Keith Kale and and all you know all those great guys. And but. Uh, it's, it's and and even when journey. you say 2003, that, that doesn't sound that long ago to me until yeah. you say 15, 15 years, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dadgum, I remember, yeah. you know, like it was yesterday. But, um, but since then, you've, you've, a few things have happened. So tell us about like kind of where you, uh, 
your family and and then we'll talk about what you're doing sure so. Fam- family first uh you know so i'm i'm uh married to cindy yeah cindy my wife she's a brian girl and and uh, a borsky so right many yeah. many folks know the borsky family here and and i uh, just uh have a wonderful wonderful bride who supports me in my work and we're blessed to have six kids at home and Fantastic. and uh and really just uh you know my oldest is about to turn 11 and wow. uh, so they're all about 20, 21 months apart. And, and uh, so it's a fun, crazy, joyful mess. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I tell you, that's that's what I always tell people. I mean, I, people yeah. always joke. I'm sure you get you get a few kids every once in a while. But but I always say, look, I wouldn't trade one kid, one moment, one struggle. Um, I always say I wouldn't rewind it necessarily and do <laughs> redo everything, but 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 we're about. It looks like I mean, like I said, my oldest is twenty three, mm-hmm. um, and then the youngest are, you know, triplets at sixteen. So we probably have some common stories, <laughs> yeah, that we've been through because I've seen in parenting that uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens over and over. Again. Sure, but but I'm but I'm glad that. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you've been blessed with so many kids. Oh no, it's it's yeah. a true blessing. It's a true joy, and uh, it, you know, again, ups and downs, and and uh, but gosh, you know, it it really is just incredible how God blesses family and matures. Yeah. Well, at least me as a parent, <laughs> right? I need more maturation than my wife, but uh, you know, through our kids and uh, encourage Absolutely. us to grow in holiness and be better men, better women, and and to grow in virtue, and and so it's all it's always a fun you know part of life to. You know, yeah, and, life, and so. this is a little bit of an aside, but kind of just in keeping with, um, with with the sh- the show, mm-hmm. what you just said there is really important because part of the mystery of parenthood is that while we're trying to form, trying to direct, trying to um, help our children to become better people, God mysteriously is actually working on us as we do that, the, the, as we're faithful to that. What I found in my own life, and Stephanie's echoed this, and I bet it's probably true with you, the um, in trying to do that, often we hear God's voice echo saying often this, many of the same things we're saying to our kids. You know, why don't you listen to me? Why don't you just say yes, and and you can ask why later. You know, <laughs> sure, all those type of things. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I do, but I do think that's the mysterious part and the exciting part about parenting is oftentimes we focus just on our part of it, but that God's grace is actually working, particularly in a sacramental marriage, to uh, to help form us as we're trying to form our kids. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've i had many of those moments, and you may have had them oh, you know, over the years where, you. you know, the kids are asleep when they're younger, and you go in and, and you look at them and, 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 and just that beautiful, you know, right. that peacefulness, and, and it calls you to something— calls you something better and, right. and, and you're man I got to be the best man I can be for this absolutely one, you know and and so even just those simple things you know of going in and just appreciating the gift that God has given you in a child and wanting to be able to live up to that awesome calling of being a parent is is, is itself just a constant reminder that I need to be a better man and grow in virtue and 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 you know the kid, our kids reflect so much of us, right? And, you know, the, yeah, the good uh, so and the bad, the right? good and the bad, right? So you know, the impatience on the baseball field—they probably learn from somewhere, right? right exactly. And they're imitating something, and you know, whatever it might be, and and uh, so, and but also the good, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, it's all—they're—they're they're always calling us to something greater, and, and that's and that, one of the great joys. And that's—I just think it's—I just think it's important to point out because I think many times we get maybe frustrated, caught in the minutia. Sure. And it is the simple things. It is often the minutia, the small things that 
that actually God's going to use to actually help change you. In other words, it could be just a simple uh, word or a simple question from a child that provokes an answer that God somehow when you providing that answer to them is going to also speak to you. I mean, Stephanie um, talks about when Madison was being asked to do something and she kept asking why. And, mm-hmm. and she, and she recalls saying, you're not asking why, because you want to know the answer. Why you're asking why just to challenge me. So why don't you just say yes? And then we can discuss why. And she said that almost simultaneously, she felt she felt <laughs> the Holy Spirit saying, hey, are you listening to what you're saying? I've so, been telling you, you that for years. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think, I just think that makes it more exciting. And yeah. that which is, seems to be minutia and maybe even is and looks like it from the outside, when we have a Catholic worldview, we have a Catholic vision um, of it from a sacramental standpoint, we can see God at work in it and then it becomes something much greater than what it looks like, mm-hmm. which is really the which is really the essence of the Catholic faith, the incarnation. I mean, they didn't recognize Jesus because he looked so ordinary as who he was, Son of God. They, we often have many people don't recognize him in what looks like a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, with, he's really there, so he's always used the simple things, the ordinary stuff, to uh, apply his grace or to point out and to teach. So Absolutely. that's the good news of marriage and parenting. So anyway, um, frames this because I think, I think it's important the work you're doing mm-hmm. and where you're doing it. So could you give like an overview of the, of the foundation sure. and, and what's going on? So I'm the founder and president of the St. John Paul II Foundation. We'll, Love uh, St. John Paul II. Yeah, the all, name's great. So. There, you can't have a better patron That's than, right. than St. John Paul. But, uh, um, you know, we're, we're almost four years old this year. And, and what we do is we, we work across the country uh, for life and family. And so we're dedicated to education and formation on life and family issues, helping couples to have beautiful marriages, helping medical professionals to uh, practice the highest standards of medicine and ethics and give support to families. And thirdly, our priests, we help our priests to preach and teach and provide pastoral care uh, for families and for the, you know, in the areas in which our culture is su- suffering. And uh, so this year we have 18 conferences nationwide, uh, all in full partnership with each, of, which either, which e- with each of the dioceses that we're working in. And, and it's just been uh, incredibly well received. Uh, I mean, getting three and a half years to be in 18, you know, 18 places, 18 conferences is pretty crazy. It's been incredible growth and really having an impact on medical professionals, on clergy, and uh, on married couples. Fantastic. So, um, so what are these conferences like? I mean, I really, as I told you, I have mm-hmm. a, I have an affinity towards healthcare, um, and and certainly there's a place for that. I actually have at least one child that's. Or maybe two that are thinking about going into healthcare, and Great. I'd love for them to have some formation in that. But that being said, it seems to me that the that of the work you're doing with regard to our audience listening right here, mm-hmm. that probably both of these, but maybe primarily the Together in Holiness um, conferences. Are they, is that how you would say that? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it mm-hmm. a, it's a Together in Holiness conference, so it's a marriage enrichment conference, um, and, and that's definitely one that's most you know, relevant, right, for, for our listening audience today. And um, so, so how those, how are those structured and mm-hmm. how do, how could people find out where they are? I know there's, there's some coming up, which we could point out and, and probably put out there so sure. that people around here, cause it wouldn't be very far um, who might be speaking kind of what are the themes and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, so we have, um, you know, this year we have 
uh, eight of those nationwide, eight of the Together in Holiness Marriage Conferences. You can learn more about them online at forlifeandfamily.org. Forlifeandfamily.org. Yeah, forlifeandfamily.org. And um, the one that's nearest is in the Woodlands uh, okay. this year. So for, for our listening audience today, that Woodlands conference is not that far a drive. Maybe at, an at, hour. At all, at yeah, most. You at know? most, yeah. And uh, so that conference is going to—it's at St. Anthony of Padua. It's on the 5th of May, and uh, okay. it's going to feature uh, Father Mitch Pacwa. Awesome. Um, My favorite. You know, EWTN and one of your former professors oh, yeah. and just a great guy— I mean, he should have been born and raised in Texas. He should really, have. Because. I think he. I think he would. I think he actually probably considers himself an adopted, uh, an adoption uh, Texan. That's Texan, right. That's right. Yeah. No, he's a big hunter and and yeah. just just a country boy. Yes. And uh, he he you know he shoots from the hip and shoots straight and 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 I'm I really excited to hear yeah. his. Uh, he's going to be really focusing on virtue right. and, and how do you inculcate vir- virtue in the home. Um, and our other speaker is a uh, keynote speaker is Patty Schneier, and she's going to be addressing the uh, the issue of um, uh, loving rightly. You know, how do we love in the home? How do we teach love? How do we love our spouses and ultimately love them into heaven right. and um, and love ourselves into heaven as well with God's grace? Um, and then and then in the middle of the of the day, we have an incredible panel. We'll have breakouts. Husbands and wives will break out. And uh, wives will hear from three three moms and 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 three uh, three wives and and husbands the same. Uh, we'll we'll hear from three men and and we're excited about those topics as well. And yeah. uh, you're one of those panelists right. for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that, I'm not a shameless plugger. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's a the well known famous Trey Cash, yeah. uh, rock star radio host, right, coming exactly. to coming to speak. And so you know we'll be talking about how do you balance uh, work and and family life? Uh, how do you you know, teach virtue to your children and pass on virtue to your children. And then also a reminder of what this whole project of family life is about, and it's heaven, right? you know, to, to form saints and, and from husband and wife down to the kids and grandkids, you know, and, and that is the purpose. That's the whole goal. And so really to be a day, a two thirds of a day. Um, so what, know, are the, what are the, what are the, Hours like you know. Yeah, so it, I believe it's eight thirty to three thirty this year. Okay. Uh, don't, and it happens don't on Saturday, on right? That. It happens on Saturday. It's a Saturday, and so it's two thirds of a day. Uh, there'll be three presentations, and right in the middle, there's going to be uh, there'll be mass, and then in the middle, there's going to be an hour and a half where a couple can go and 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 socialize with other couples, where they can go on a walk and begin processing some of the things that they heard from the panels. Or they can go to adoration. They can have lunch, and so there's a good chunk of time for you know, to retreat or socialize as you wish and pray and, and on the things that you've been talking about. And so it's really a low key day. There's babysitting. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Five dollars a kid for for the day. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, you that, can't beat this. That's awesome. Um, and so if, if folks from you know your listening audience and Brian College Station, the Greater Brazos Valley, want to come, and, and we'd love to have you in the Woodlands, and uh, it should be a great. Oh, day. I think that would be that'd be awesome, especially because I was going to ask the next thing I was going to ask was, but you know, given that you have six kids, you know that anytime you're trying to go somewhere, the first thing is, well, what am I going to do with the kids? Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, it's funny because you know this is our fourth conference, and we sold out the first year, and it's just been huge every year, and so that's why we're we're actually doing two conferences on the same day and two. In, live right. in two cities. So we're doing Sugarland and the Woodlands on the same day, and our speakers are s- swapping. But uh, uh, And it's because of the need. It, it was huge. I mean, it's the, people love this conference. They come back every year. 
And uh, so we're really excited about that and definitely encourage everybody to, to come on down to the Woodlands and, and attend. So how many, say, couples would there, would, would there be? You know, we're looking at 1,000 to 1,500 people. Wow. Uh, between the two conferences. Um, wow. And so, I mean, it really is a huge impact in one day and, and they give you some food for thought and, and, you know, some opportunities to explore that mystery of parenthood. That, right. Know, and, it's far enough, and it's far enough after. out that, that if we can get it out there, I mean, you yeah. know, it's far enough out that, uh, that most people could actually plan today for that. You know? Absolutely. Well, I usually learn about these things about two weeks before and it's like, <laughs> there's no way I could even think about coming. I'm but, the same way. But, uh, but anyway, so... So in, in your experience, I mean, obviously in Houston, is that kind of where you start? Is that where they started? The the foundation? The, the, well, the, not or just the, the together foundation, and but Together yeah. in Holiness Actually, conference. we launched in Orlando, Florida. Our oh, wow. very first Together in Holiness conference was in Orlando. And, uh, um, you know, we had some relationships there and, and um, you know, pursued that. And, and we're, you know, after we launched as an organization, it was the place we can move the quickest. And, and, and uh so we're we're still there. We're on our fifth conference there in Orlando, or no? Excuse wow. me. That's yeah. I mean, we're yeah. We're about to do our fifth conference in Orlando. So um, it's been an incredible journey. And every city we're in, we're I mean, we're in Wichita, Kansas. We're in Omaha. We're in Massachusetts. We're in San Francisco. You know, wow. San Antonio. We've got a, a, a together in holiness conference again this year, as well as our medical ethics conference. And so really, we're 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 all over the map now and, and growing. And but. Uh, you know, if you don't want to go down to San Francisco, or, uh, yeah, it'd be cool then, if you then, could. Then I think go, Stephanie would rather go there. But I know I, I actually know one family who's going to San Francisco who lives here. Oh, and, really? And, yeah, who's who wants to go to San Francisco? But he's a board member of mine. So oh, okay. He, he wants to travel and go see what it's like uh, elsewhere. Yeah. So well, so I mean, I think that when you when you look at at this, I've found, and I don't know if your experience is this, but I mean, I've found that any time that Stephanie and I particularly as it's gotten busy over the years, can get, get away for some time. Mm-hmm. And, and I've found that some of the best conversations we've ever had have been in the car on the way to something <laughs> so or on the way back from yeah. something. So it, it seems to me, given my experience, that I, that I hope that Stephanie and I, I mean, obviously I'll, I'll be there, <laughs> yeah. but I hope Stephanie would come with me and be able to do that for a couple of reasons. I mean, one – one is it provides some time away where where, where you can you can talk about the stuff because I, I'm I'm sure your your experience and Dennis if he hopped in here would say the same thing is you're going a hundred different directions a hundred miles an hour and sometimes it's not sometimes it is always a good idea to to make an attempt to get away together. Um, it's even better when you take some time to fill it up with formation. Mm-hmm. And then I found that you really, we really need support. We need other people that are in similar circumstances or are younger than us and behind us that maybe can give us, you know, I found that I've learned a lot from, from younger couples just on, just with regard to not only hope, but kind of excitement. I remember like um, Chris Bartlett um, mm-hmm. one time was talking about how, he looked around at, at all the kids running around and the mess and everything, and and he said, you know, bef- before I got and we got upset with what was going on, it just came to me that those are the signs of life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're about life, that's good. You know, everybody's healthy, everything's going, you know, going on, and if they are doing what they're doing, then there's going to be a mess here and some yeah. other things. We can talk about virtue <laughs> as a result of cleaning them up and stuff like that. But I, but I think. The young and the old and the mix of the different ages. Have you seen that too? That 
I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm really glad you said that. Um, this conference is definitely, you know, the target audience is young couples, right? Those right. who have kids in the home, but families, you know, f- from every end of the spectrum come in terms of age and right. experience and, you know, with kids, without kids, what, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and they all grow and love, love these conferences. One of my favorite experiences was actually in Orlando. We had in the middle of our very first conference there, um, a, a young man who was engaged came up and, and said to me, you know, hey, Arlen, there, there's a couple at our table that today is celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. And they're at the same table together. And, and I thought, you know, so can you, and he said, can you honor them in some way? Of course, right? Yeah. So I'm emceeing the event that night, that day. And so I, you know, I asked them to stand up and, you know, give, pass on wisdom and, and, you know, to the crowd. And, but, you know, the privilege and the joy and, and the witness that they gave to one another, right? The joyfulness and youth right. and, and excitement of entering into the vocation of marriage on one hand. And then that experience of living and raising kids in the faith and passing on the faith and having a beautiful marriage for 50 years. And uh, so it kind of naturally and spontaneously happens. I mean, you can't, intentionally create these scenarios, right? Absolutely. but it happens at an event like this. And so, yeah, a big part of it is that witness and, and, uh, you know, knowing that there's other couples who've either gone through and experienced marriage and, and, and family life, but also who are going through it now with you and to walk with them and that somehow, you know, together as a community that we can do this thing intentionally. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what we taught. We, we, we use the word purposeful, but Inten- yeah. intentional with with what we're doing is that we're we're looking at what we're thinking about what we're doing we're thinking about how we respond we're thinking about if we're doing it right mm-hmm. i mean when, when we do it the best we are capable of doing we've actually put some thought in That's well right. how are we going to handle this and why are we going to handle it that way so why are we going to handle disciplining a child this way mm-hmm. and and what is that meant to deliver to them with regard to how does that show how God is to them, you know, um, by our being that outward sign right. to them. But I found that getting together with people, we have to go out into this world. We can't just, we can't be in a ghetto, <laughs> but we we have to go out in this world with other people who in in, in this culture are quite different than say 30, 40, 50 years ago. You don't have, you have, you know, people that don't believe in God at all. You have, you have all these people you're interacting with, but to come together with other people of similar faith and values, um, to learn about the faith and to gain strength and courage. And because sometimes we feel like we're the only one, you know, we, you can get into a situation where you feel like we're the only people going through what we're going through. And I found that that's that's something I was thinking of a verse. But I mean, you think any thoughts on that? I mean, well, absolutely. So a phrase I've been saying, Trey, is uh, you know that we have to do it intentionally, intelligently, and with intensity, right? Yes. And 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 that's that to me is the key. And and so you're right. You can't you can't just you know hole up you know behind the walls and 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 uh, um, and not engage the world. We're called, as Pope Francis has said, to be in a constant state of mission. Right. At the same time, we do have to protect our children, right? Yes. We have to ensure that, you know, that we're raising them, you know, in, in virtue and preparing them for, uh, you know, for the wiles of the world. And it's not easy to do that. And it's a tough balancing act. And it might look different for one kid than another kid. Absolutely. And then from one family to another family. I mean, there's, there's no one set answer, right? But the key is, again, that we're doing it intentionally, intelligently, and with intensity. And, um, 
you know, I think to me that, I mean, it is in those ordinary things, you know. Well, that's what most of us live through most of the time. That's right. And, and we think we just kind of slide into habits as a family. Yes. And, and I don't know that there's really much of anything in family life that we shouldn't do intelligently and, int- and intentionally, right? I mean, every little thing, you yeah. know, at the dinner table, how do you handle, you know, what food to eat and how much of your plate you have to clear. I mean, again, it might look different for different families, but we have to be intentional about that. Education of our kids, you know, faith life, what friends they hang out with, what movies they watch. I mean, these are the practical, ordinary, what chores do we have them do and at what age? When do you start having some serious conversations with your kids? Absolutely. You know, about the world and about evil in the world and about sexuality, so on and so forth. All of those steps we need to do intentionally. And, uh, There's no question, and and that I, the, you know the words that we use, I actually stole from Vatican II for with with the liturgy because I've always you know John Paul II actually actually refers to the intimate union between a husband and wife as as a sort of liturgy. That's uh, right. And so so I extend that to the family, the fruit of that, and say that there's kind of a liturgy of life. Well, what what did Vatican II say that we needed to have people that were full, conscious, and active participants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that. And so in keeping with, I think it's just different language, but I think it's the same idea Absolutely. that we're meant to be fully engaged, fully participating in this liturgy of life. So that means there's not a, it's not like, okay, we're going to take part time off. We're meant to really try to think through that active, meaning that we're doing something with it, conscious that we're actually thinking about why are we doing this? Is this the best way? Even engaging on maybe we didn't handle that the best way, but next time we'll do, we'll try to handle it this way. And that's what this whole show, and it sounds like that's what you're doing, has been mm-hmm. has been about. You know, how do you practically do it? And I love the fact that because we always say that. Um, I mean, another one of my favorite Gaudium at Spes forty three talks about that you very rarely can you claim as Catholic something that unless the church has actually claimed it. So it was what that meant was the way that Stephanie and I parent differs because we're unique and unrepeatable individuals. As a couple, we're unique and unrepeatable. And each of our children and our family as a whole is equally unique and unrepeatable. There are certain things that are constant that you, your family, my family, Dennis's, whoever, mm-hmm. should should follow. But at the same time, we should suspect or expect that everything is different. We had some good friends, you know, and we hit, this hit us years ago when the kids were little was we'd be spent a lot of time with them and we're like, their kids are so well behaved. They're quiet. You know, they, they do this. And, and, and it took me a while, but I finally just looked at Stephanie after a while. Cause I was looking at going, yeah, how come they get their kids? And I said, well, look at the parents. That's the way they are. Mm-hmm. You're, Cajun, I'm Irish. I mean, what what makes you think <laughs> that our kids are going to be quiet? You know, our kids aren't going <laughs> to have a little bit of a an edge to them. And so all we've got to do is say, okay, that's part of what their uniqueness is. We just need to figure out, like you said, in the development of virtue, how do we take their gifts, their talents, their uniqueness, their weaknesses that they've got mm-hmm. gotten honestly from us, <laughs> and in many cases, and help them uh to be able to enter into relationships and stuff, given those weaknesses. So, no, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I always say that, you know, when you look at my kids and they do right, it's because they're imitating their mom. Uh, right, right, exactly. <laughs> in, in my case, the vice comes from 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 me. Absolutely. Uh, learned behavior. But uh, uh, 
I have a particularly holy wife, so yeah, uh, and uh, hey, I'm still struggling on that journey of you know figuring out how to be a good dad, figuring out how to be a good husband, and and, and that's uh, all the more important why you why you would go to a conference like this. Absolutely, I mean, hey, and I attend some of these conferences myself. Good. You know, oh, last so. year at our marriage conference, I, I I I did a greeting, I welcomed everybody, you know, and and then and then I sat down with my wife and 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 didn't work the rest of the day, and I attended you know, and listen, and we, we talked and, you know, socialized and all that, and I didn't work. Um, and uh, so, no, we need it too. And that's actually one of the key things of, you know, of, of I think being involved in ministry and being involved in Bible studies, and we, get, we have to be honing in on ourselves as well. It can't Absolutely. just be, you know, having our kids, you know, we're working on our kids, but I mean, this is kind of what we began with, but we also have to be pursuing holiness in a very deliberate and intentional way and growing in our wisdom and knowledge of, of the teaching of the church. And, you know, it's, we can't just be passive and ourselves, we have to be active in growing ourselves to be good parents. And, uh, you know, holy holiness is, uh, you know, in some ways comes from families. I mean, you look at St. Therese of Lisieux, you know, they raised a saint. Why? Because they were saints. Right. And, 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 and so the Martin family, you know, was an incredible example of that. And, and so they have, you know, somehow they end up with all religious sisters, right? right? And, 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 you know, vocations to religious life and, and at least one daughter who's a saint, you know, a named saint. And, uh, and they themselves are, you know, uh, so yeah. that's the key. So we got to becoming saints. And something you said earlier reminded me of a passage, you know, that Christ says, right? We're called to be perfect as the heavenly father is perfect, right? right. I mean, that's the culmination of the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes and all that. And, and our society tells us no, you know, it, it's it's good enough to be fine, right? And we, and right. no, 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 we're 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 called to be perfect as the heavenly Father is perfect. Are we ever going to achieve that in this life? No, right, right. But that is all. We don't lower the standards because of that, right? We're always seeking to be that. We're seeking to be holy. We're seeking to become another saint, and. And so we had to do that too, and not just expect it of our kids, right? And I think uh, you, you point out another thing: you're you're in union with the with the people at these conferences, but you point to the saints. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, John Paul II was really he was he was really concerned with giving us saints that we as married couples mm-hmm. um, could could uh, look towards and and. Because the example of people is not meant to say, "Oh my gosh, we can never attain that." It's actually to it's actually to point to look what God's grace is capable of doing in other people if we just allow Him to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that that's another sense of we should look to the saints if we can read about the Martin family, recognizing those commonalities. My family is not going to be like the Martins from the standpoint right. of specifics. I mean. He had girls. I've got four boys and two girls. I mean, that's just simple. <laughs> but there are other. But but it's a different time and place. But we're all called to the same holiness. And as a domestic church, I think what you pointed out, and this is always that tension. That's always a good Catholic way of looking at it, is that when when Vatican II, when the fathers of Vatican II are talking about the church, they they have this great line that says that says that that the church is at once holy and always in need of conversion. And that's the way we are meant to be, not only as a family, but as individuals. Because what is holiness? Holiness is union with God. Holiness is being at one with Him. Mm-hmm. And we're always in this struggle that we're trying to attain that, but but we also have to recognize that we are 
sinners yeah. as well. Yeah, there's, a, I like to say, there's a creative tension there, right? I mean, Absolutely. it's, like, it's, like, it's, and this is the, I mean, you mentioned the liturgy, or this is the the Christian reality. This is the Christian liturgy of life today, saved, but still working absolutely right, on our salvation uh, with fear and trembling, even right. right, and 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 so this same with family life, right? To you know, we're you know we're baptized, right, and into into the church, right, and have that indelible mark yet. Right, still have to be pursuing that and living up to it. Image of God, but not yet. I mean, so on and so forth. So there's always a sort of creative tension in, in the Christian life. And and if we're not living in that tension, we're probably doing something wrong. Right. right. And, we, and we really do we really do need to, you know, again be intentional about it and think of, you know, h- how we can live that faith better and, and again be better in our context here for our conversation, be better parents, be better husbands, better mothers, so on and so forth. Yeah, because I think I think that that's so. What I know from from our previous experience when we were younger is you'd often look at other couples, mm-hmm. and I think it's why it's important as as you become more experienced, you know, more veterans, <laughs> you know, n- not experts, but that's kind right. of you know have more experiences. What I've what I've found is that when I was younger, I would often look at other parents and say they've got it all together, mm-hmm. everything's right. There's no way I can be like that. And frequently it was let on. I mean, there are even couples, not not anybody that's listening to this, but there were couples that I looked at and said, I mean, I could never get to that mm-hmm. because they're always that way. Now, then the cool thing is, is those parents, I went to a conference, they were leading it and they had they had their kids, uh, their, their kids were older and actually their grandkids. And I began to see that what they had put out there and the way that I had perceived them was in fact not an accurate reflection sure. of them because they led it not, I don't think this was purposeful, but there's a, there's a, there's always this tension. I think it's the same thing as parents. We need to strive to be holy, but it's also a good thing for our kids to recognize it, that we recognize when we fall short of that. Oh, absolutely. So that they don't feel like, when they make a mistake or when they make a bad decision or when they sin, I can't bring it to dad because dad would never do that. He never would have done it. Well, in fact, I may have already done that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in all likelihood, I probably, I may have even done something worse. And, and I think that that's the tension that you're talking about is we can't get so far off into painting the picture of, you know, we've got everything together right? that we forget that we all fall short sure. at, at moments. And, and, and actually, you know, you saying that reminds me of the importance, I think, of actually telling our children no, when, when we mess up and, you know, and, and, you know, where you raise your voice where you didn't need to, right? And say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, son, I, I, what you did wasn't right, right. but on the same token, Absolutely. I shouldn't have responded in the way I did. And uh, not raising your voice, it might be a little bit, you know, right. in, in, in an un, unjust way, you know, raising, you know, yelling or something or what, you know, disciplining in a way that, you know, where you cross a line in some way, whatever it might be, or, or just saying something, you know, to, to a daughter or son that a little harsher than it needed to be, or just immature, whatever it might be to say, you know what, son, I'm sorry. And, and they learn a valuable lesson in that. And absolutely. Uh, um, so I think, I think that's a key part of, of being a, a good and husband and father. And that's part of being an example of that. What I found in later in, in on in life is if I've done well at, at being quick to acknowledge when I've fallen short, sure. particularly in how I dealt with my kids in a particular circumstance, usually in a disciplinary situation where maybe I, I over 
corrected or whatever it is. But I, it's, it's a little bit further than I should have gone. That was a very politically correct way of saying that. <laughs> Overcorrected. Well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how to say it other than I did. Too I, harsh. I maybe too harsh, or or not not as charitable as it all, I ought right. to have been. Um, but but the bottom line is, I've found that as they've grown older, when when I when they maybe respond in a way similar to me as an older mm-hmm. child, that if I pointed out to them. And I attribute this to God's grace first, but 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 to possibly the example, how quickly I've seen them turn and then say, you know, I I didn't handle that. Yeah, correctly. because you gave that witness. No, that's um, that's an awesome example. But I but I think I think that we sometimes as parents feel obliged to maybe protect our kids from our weaknesses. But sometimes we can actually build up in their mind that they think more of us <laughs> than they probably ought to with regard to us as individuals, never with regard to us in the authority, in the position that we're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should always respect the position that, you know, we're, we're, you're, we're you know, you, and we can call that, I am your father, right. you know, <laughs> this is your mother, my wife, <laughs> you know, you're going to, that's a fair thing to say, nothing wrong with that. But as individuals living in that, mm-hmm. but I think that's another example too that teaches that ch- teaches about the church um, that we have leaders that are human as well. Yeah. But because of the position that they're in, we owe them honor and respect. And if they fall, it doesn't take away from the fact that they still are our bishop, that they still are our pope. Right. Right. I mean, I don't. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. You know, one of my uh, good friends in San Antonio, he's a deacon and a physician in San Antonio, has a practice that, you know, the bedtime routine is they they actually have a a little bit of a liturgy they do. And I can't explain it as well as him, but but they all say, I'm sorry. You know, and and sometimes it's specific things that they recall, you know, throughout the day, but it's something they do no matter what. And and they have a little, you know, uh, kind of a script they say. No matter what, I'm sorry for any way in which I have wronged you, right? Wronged myself, wronged our Lord. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes they call it out by name if, it, if they can think of, you know, specific examples. But there's all, always little ways in which we fall short throughout the day. And, and while I haven't adopted that as a family, you know, yet at least, I, I think that was a, it's a really good idea to do something like that. And, and that's, you know, with our conferences, that's one of the neat things about the Together in Holiness conferences is there's so many practical tips we can get from speakers yeah. and from one another. And so how do, okay, we all know we need, want to be good parents and we want to be good husbands and wives and we need to forgive. How, what does that look like? Absolutely. Like, what does it actually look like in the home? It's hard to say I'm sorry. It's hard to right. say I did wrong, right? And it's hard to forgive. So how, how does that, you know, actually work itself out in family life? And what are things that we can do intentionally to ensure that forgiveness is, you know, happens in the home? You know, just for this one example. But I, but I think, but I think that's that's important because we talk, and this is just us again. We. We looked at the church and said, "Well, how does the church, how does the church handle it?" So you look at confession. Yeah. yeah. So we have to do some sort of examination as to why. It, so what we do is is we always say, "You can say I'm sorry, but you need to ask, particularly if you've offended another person and you know what that thing is. You have to ask for their forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Will you Will you please forgive me? And then wait for the answer. That's uncomfortable, but." It's at, at the same time healthy, but it also acknowledges. That's why we, so that's, this is a way, I'm not saying this is the way to do it. It's the way the Cashins have done it. And I'm, I'm going to share the background 
this is again being intelligent, thinking, yeah. trying to think why. I'm like, okay, I want them to have to acknowledge the fact that that other person is of equal dignity to them in the eyes of God and in in reality. And so if you've offended them and you've done something that you knew you shouldn't have done that offended them, then you need to at least acknowledge that they, you have to wait for them to say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we did it that way. The other thing is, is that we want them to name it and explain why, why it's wrong. And this is, this is when the kids were younger, you know, um, my, 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 ex- my example is, you know, the, 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 it actually did happen. They were throwing a baseball back in the backyard, back and forth, but they're throwing it back towards the house. Yeah. And I walk outside, there's a big window, and I said, hey, guys, can you just throw this way, you know, the opposite way, parallel to the house, not right. perpendicular. And, I, and they said, Dad, we're, we're fine. We got it. And, and, I, and, I, and I said, look, turn that way. If you don't, we can catch it, Dad. It doesn't matter which way we're throwing. Well, literally, I said, okay. Close the door. They didn't listen. The ball beat me back to the couch. I mean, <laughs> it came through the window almost immediately. And I guess my so then they said they were sorry for breaking the window. I said, well, the real offense is not in breaking the That's window. Right. The real offense is I told you what I expected, and you chose not to listen. That is more of an offense that we can fix the window. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ask for forgiveness, you need to ask for forgiveness for I didn't listen to you and I didn't obey you. That's right. And that's why it's important to be conscious in saying when you ask them to say I'm sorry, that they clarify what they're really sorry about. Because you might find that they're sorry about something else. Sure. And indeed, that might be a, an offense, but that's not the offense that you're most concerned about. That's right. Oh, and I agree. We all like like you, you know, the the Nichols family, we always make them name the offense, right? right? And and which is con- keeping with the church. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we do it in confessional. Right. I mean, really yes. the, the conf- like you said the confessional is the model, but the other thing is is for us, and I've got a baseball story as well, I'll share with you in a sec, but is to make satisfaction, right? That you know, that's Absolutely. what the penance is, right? Yes. It's making satisfaction that somehow it's not enough just to say I'm sorry. Right, but that actually we have to do something in a sense that undoes what we did, right? I mean, that's what right. penance, that's what the satisfaction Absolutely. is. So that's why you, you know sometimes get a you know if you you confess right. something I, I I wasn't kind to a brother, you know, it, an act of kindness towards your brother, right? You know, exactly. is, is a you know common penance making satisfaction. So my baseball story is is uh, my son is uh, um, in the backyard playing baseball, and uh, I you know I don't this is Joseph my oldest. And at some point, he just—I don't know—I don't know—he just—he stopped thinking. I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he—he he was facing the house, and he takes a baseball bat, tosses up the ball, and I mean, just hits the ball straight at and, the glass. I mean, there was no—I mean, he was ten feet away, and I see this slow motion coming, and the ball comes flying through. The glass <laughs> is in four rooms of the house. I mean, this was like an explosion, <laughs> right? Because he hits it as hard as he can right in the house, uh-huh. and he's just standing there, like, you know, shocked. Well, so, you know, okay, of course, now in that case, it's a little bit different from your story. I hadn't told him not to do it. Right, yeah. I mean, obviously, he knew better. But the satisfaction there was key. And so what was the the natural consequence? Well, one, you know, he he had to help pick up the glass. And, but secondly, he got to clean all the windows in the house. 
which hadn't yeah. been cleaned probably for five or <laughs> right, ten right. years. I don't know. And, uh, and, and so a natural consequence that followed, and I think that's, again, a key for parenting, and it teaches them. And, and, and we laugh about that now, you know, that story, he'll probably listen to this and, right. and, you know, be glad I mentioned his name except in this context. Right. right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, making satisfaction is the key thing. And so, and, and, and that's why for us, you know, just a common thing for anything, just give your, you know, giving a genuine hug. Yes. Or and to your sister or your brother. And I make the boys also shake hands because I think there's something special about right. men shaking hands. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway. No, but, but I think that that's, that's it. And then and what I've found is you can build off of that experience years down the road. So, for example, they, they, they're in public schools and there was some discussion about, you know, what an indulgence is. Okay. And, and, that, and, and, and I actually went back because they, they were being taught something – that was just an error. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I was, even when they read it, I was like, let's get the catechism out and go through it. So this is, you know, 18-year-old and 16-year-old. They're like, that doesn't sound right. And I said, because it isn't right. You know, so here's here's the way. But but I went back to that, and, and it's a great teaching tool to have a moment like that. How long after you sent that ball through the window did you ask for forgiveness? Almost immediately, Dad. How quickly mm-hmm. did I give you forgiveness? Uh, immediately, maybe maybe after you <laughs> left, you know, from being purple, orange, you know, red to to back to normal, but but pretty soon after that, I said, but did was the window still broken? Yes, and and to be honest, I said though here here's here's the difference, and this we talked about you know the difference between being forgiven and then the consequences associated with it. And, and I talked about, but you still had reparation. You still had something to do. Right. The forgiveness was between you and me. Um, you had something to do and be able to talk that. And I said, so now an indulgence would be already forgiven. <laughs> and out of sheer mercy, I say, don't worry about it. I'll pay for that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an indulgence. But under normal circumstances, you have something to pay mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it. But all of it is separate from forgiveness. I can be forgiven, but still have something that's due, which you can talk about purgatory from that standpoint. Sure. But what I'm saying is, is that like you're saying, it's in the family that we have the everyday occurrences that actually point us to the truth about what the church teaches with that's regard right. to family, as long as we're consistent with it. That's right. And, and it also reveals to us the truth about that. Because it doesn't take long for them to figure out, well, I can be forgiven, but still have something I got to do, mm-hmm. right? No, absolutely. Right. I mean, John Paul gave us, you know, St. John Paul gave us these great phrases about the family, and you probably use them right. on the show all the time and yeah. at home all the time. We're called to be a domestic church, right. a school of love, a school of prayer, a seedbed of vocations, a, a school of the social virtues, a, right. a Trinitarian community, all these things. What does that look like? Right. You know, like what is it? And this is what our Together in Holiness conferences do. We, you know, we start on one of those themes, school of love, and then we help to make it real. You know, in the home, what is it? What's the teaching, and how do we make it real? But the key thing that, that you know that you and I are emphasizing here is that happens in the home. And there's a line that, in, in John Paul's document on the family, 1981, his his Familiaris Consortio, Consortio yep. you know, says is scarcely anything can make up for the failure of parents, right, to provide an education in the home. And that's a—I mean, it's a scary line, but it's also a, a, an inspiring line in terms of the call and responsibility of parents. That these things, if they're going to be learned and learned well, are for the most part 
going to have to happen in the home. And so we can't, you know, farm off our kids to religious education. Right. You know, yeah, we can send them to CCE or, you know, confirmation, whatever it is, of course. But it that should be reinforcing what you're doing in the home. We can send them to St. Joseph's Catholic School and they're going to get religious education there. But that can't be all, right? right. It has that they should be reinforcing and strengthening what you're doing in the home. And so what we do on the home front is key. Again, we've got to be intentional, intelligent, and, and intense about it. Right. And that, I, I just, I think that something like this conference, I mean, yeah. to be, to be, to, to be able to make a day of it, if you don't, if you can't find a babysitter or don't have one, you know, internally <laughs> available, like we do nowadays, um, you know, you can go there five bucks a kid yeah. right, oh, for the yeah. day. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and, and then be able to talk about these things and, and interact and hear from other people the struggles that they have so you can be encouraged to know you're not in this alone. Yeah. But but at the same time to be given practical tips on how do you apply. That's one of the biggest things for us is that a sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible reality. So it's somehow making a truth concretely present. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is at least, is least a, an echo of that, that – that we need to have a, an idea, but it has to it has to be applied concretely in the day to day of life, and that's where we need help mm-hmm. in terms of being able to see how, well how do we do this. So we just talked, for example, you and and the friend that you mentioned about how do we handle when we when there's been an offense, right? And each of us in our own way, whether it's doing it at the end of the day or or the way you know the hug or the or the handshake or will you please forgive me from us? It, it, those are all our own version of, but we're thinking about mm-hmm. how do we do this? That's what this show's tried to do and continues right. to try to do. That's what you're dealing. I think that's what Catholic parents, husbands and wives are called to do. Absolutely. I mean, to be that way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I know we're, we're down the last couple minutes, but um, I didn't know if you had anything else that you wanted to mention before, before we got on. But I think the thing that excites me is that, this is available. The other thing is, is given our crazy schedule, it's, it's, you got three months plus, right. You know, <laughs> That's, there's you no know, reason not to no make it No reason not to right? make it. You got a whole quarter. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on, you can figure, you can figure, you can figure this out. So, said like a banker out there. Um, no, I mean, you know, for me, I, I'm so blessed to do this work, you know, at the St. Yeah. John Paul II foundation. And, and, uh, um, you know, it, it really is inspiring and a joy to be able to, uh, you know, put on these conferences and and to to attend these conferences and and whether it's a medical professional conference and or a clergy conference. I mean, imagine speaking to 140 priests for three days about actually, family yeah. issues and helping yeah. them to serve families better. That is humbling. I mean, it's so yeah, so the work I do is I'm so blessed to do it. We're blessed to receive support from from so many you know incredibly generous people and and. Uh, Really, at the end of the day, you know, it's entrusted to our Lord, but it's entrusted to the Pope of the family, St. John Paul II. And uh, um, so it's a joy and privilege to do it. And, and again, I, you know, we welcome all our listeners today to, to consider coming to the Together in Holiness would, Conference in the yes. Woodlands. And it's at forlifeandfamily.org, forlifeandfamily.org, and hope to see you there. Yeah, please go. And I guess we probably, I, I don't know how to do it, but I'm sure somebody would know how to put it on our, on our website so if people could go and click. <laughs> I think Dennis yeah, knows. Dennis probably Dennis knows can how to do things. it. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to. I, I certainly am not one that says that, but I just know I can't do I'm it. I'm the same so. way, Trace. All right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I would highly encourage y'all to do it. It sounds like something I'm excited about going. I'm, I'm going to go and try to 
make sure that my wife uh, can do it. But anyway, we're uh, drawing to a close. So as we always say, and not as well as, as my wife does, but I'll do it. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. And um, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 